This is the best, most fun I have ever, ever, ever had on a podcast. This is a hit. I'm Jesse Cole, your host of Business Done Differently, where we get to meet successful people who look at business differently, and we get to know them in a different way. Every entrepreneur needs a coach. Nobody can do this alone. And when you make an investment to up-level and surround yourself with the best people, those people know people. Today, we are with Pat Miss You, who's an author, television personality, internationally acclaimed speaker, and award-winning business coach, and it is our first ever Canadian on the show, located in London, Canada, and Pat's got a great story, transformed her life at the age of 57, from a trash bag to traveling all around the world, and excited to dive in, Pat. Uh, welcome to the Business Done Differently show. Wow, I feel special being the first Canadian, eh? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boot time that we had you, Pat. Yes. All right. But I am I'm fascinated. You know, you have a great website which shares your story, but you know, I want to start the first segment with story of my life. Trash bag to jet plane. Come on, Pat. Everyone's gas this. How did it happen? Tell tell the insides of this story. Inside Reader's Digest version is that life goes on, everybody gets smacked in the face, typically over the course of your life. And in my case, I had a fabulous upbringing, I had a fabulous career, life was going really well, and then that great cloud, that black cloud, like in the Snoopy cartoons, came over and settled in. And I will admit, I was married at the time. I was traveling as a speaker, and I was loving my life. However, uh, when you have two career professionals on the road, it the marriage takes a strain. There's a strain on it. And at the same time, my ex-husband was older than me, 10 years older. And so my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's disease. My father-in-law was diagnosed with terminal cancer. My best friend was dying of breast cancer. All those major life hits that tend to be spaced out for most people happened in a very short period of time for me and really caused me to sit up, pay attention, and recognize I was living in a very negative and, and toxic environment at home. And so my best friend took me up to lunch one day and she said, this is going to be my last lunch out. She's been battling with breast cancer. And she looked at me and she said, I'm the one who's dying. When are you really going to start living? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And that, um, I mean, that was a wake-up call for me because I was just going on automatic with the marriage and, you know, 22 years, you become accustomed to each other and tolerate certain things. But when people needed me most, I didn't have the energy and the drive and I decided my soul was dying and something had to change and I needed to take responsibility for my happiness, for my future, for my finances. And so I made a decision one day and I just walked out the door. Hmm. walked out the door and never looked back and the whole trash bag is just really representative of the fact that I, I really left everything behind so that was it and <laughs> and actually you know if you could visualize it's really like um, the life of the caterpillar because my life was falling apart my marriage was falling apart the people who I cared most about were dying and leaving me and it was like a shell had just fallen off me and, you know, in the words of, at the time I was on contract with Lou Tice from the Pacific Institute in Seattle, who's a world specialist in critical thinking skills. And Lou said to me, secondly, firstly, he said, when are you going to get out of that toxic marriage? Secondly, he said, 
you know, just be thinking about the possibilities because it's never too late. And so even at the age of you know, 55, when I ran my first half marathon, that's what we tend to do in our 50s, <laughs> look around and realize and recognize I needed to take responsibility. And so when the dust settled, kind of figuratively too, I was talking to my favorite brother in Eastern Canada, and he said, after we had about our second bottle of wine over the telephone, talking about my life, he said, why don't you move here? Start over. So picked up my bag and moved from Western Canada to Eastern Canada. No business, no contacts, no money, no nothing, and started over. So yeah, all right. So that's where I want to dive in. So all right, yeah. now now that we've we've given the, the listeners the full <laughs> the, the full it. detailed struggle, you left, you moved, and then you started to build a business. And yeah. tell t- kind of just go through that. What did you do from nothing to create the business that you created? So uh, my background was in human resources, sales and marketing, and with the Pacific Institute for 10 years, I did sales, marketing, facilitation, and public speaking. Now, that was all contractual through the Institute. When I moved here, I decided, you know what? I know my stuff. I, I with critical thinking skills. I believe in myself. I know how to set goals. I'm healthy. I'm energetic. I can do this. And so... I believed that I would just come here, hang up my shingle like most entrepreneurs and figure they will come (laughs) because I used to do executive coaching, leadership coaching. Well, they didn't come, (laughs) Jesse. They didn't. The first year was miserable. My best friends were Ben and Jerry in all flavors. (laughs) And and I came to realize pretty quick that, you know what, um, I needed to get a job. So how bad? So was there any revenue coming in this time? Very, very little. And the revenue that was coming in was really on contracts from Western Canada that had been created that I was delivering on. And so to create new business here in the East was really challenging. And so I was presented with a job opportunity. And I thought, oh, this sounds perfect. I'm going to take it and coast into retirement. And I took that job for a year. Now, this is a really important tip for your listeners, because this is what I coach my clients And there are times when in business that you're in the valley and it seems dark and you are hungry and there's an opportunity to take a job part time or full time. Do it. It's like a bank loan. Mm -hmm. Do it. you got to pay the rent. you got to feed yourself. I did it for a year and recognized I really am not employable. However, the opportunities were there to earn bonuses and commissions. And so I worked my butt off. And in the process during that time, uh, Managed to get a letter from my employer that allowed me to get a mortgage to get a home. So that was a blessing. (laughs) Secondly, I worked my butt off to get all the bonuses and everything I could. And I started researching coaches. I recognized I needed a marketing coach. And I found a million-dollar marketing coach out of New York City. And so I started to scroll my money away and realized at the end of my contract I was not going to renew but rather I would step out, hire the right coach, which I did. So at 58 is when I really stepped into it. And I said to her, look, I'm no spring chicken. I know the content. I don't know the marketing. Tell me exactly what to do. And I'm going to do it. All right. So I'm going to get to the middle. So, so, so let's create a new segment here called marketing moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Marketing yeah. moment. What were the, the best, if you can be quick with these, the best lessons yeah. you learned from this marketing coach? Best marketing tips were to do the work you know how to do, outsource and delegate all the rest that is non-revenue generating, show up, be engaged, and be consistent. 
Mm. And I think what I noticed, Pat, your website was so professional. You set up, you know, you really great, uh, created a great perception of yourself. Did you learn a little bit about that? Because I've seen you really got to show yourself to be professional if you want to start getting professional dollars. Yeah, that's exactly right. So my key tip there is you every entrepreneur needs a coach. Nobody can do this alone. And when you make an investment to up level and surround yourself with the best people, those people know people. And so, for example, it's Larry's web designer that Larry referred me to. And so the high level successful people know the good resources and the good people. So make the money, make the investment, let them do their work. Great lessons there. All right, we're going to move to the next segment, Pack. Different strokes. Different strokes it takes. Different strokes to move the world. And I'm always intrigued about this. You know, how do you look at business differently? I look at it differently because, first of all, I create the life that I want, and then I create the business that supports it. All right. And so what, what does that look like for you? For me, that means a vision board uh, twice a year, and the vision board focuses on, at this age and stage, what do I want the next decade to look like and feel like? Travel, health, money, people, fun, adventures, and then... What kind of revenue do I need to generate to support that lifestyle? Mm. And therefore, how many clients do I need? How many speaking engagements do I need? And then go do it. Mm, that's brilliant. It's reverse engineering yeah. what you want. Mm. And everyone just says, I'm just going to keep making money, but they don't think about their lifestyle. They think about their yeah. business first. I, yeah. I love that, Pat. That's brilliant. All right. We'll keep moving here to deets about the tweet. You have a great Twitter game, Pat. I love it. You, <laughs> Thank you're, you. You're constantly putting out videos. So check it out on Twitter. We'll put it in the show notes. But you wrote, great goal setting begins with figuring out what you are tolerating. Start there. I explain that to me. It's one of my favorite strategies, Jesse, because in all the years that I've been working either through the Pacific Institute or in HR or what have you, when I say to people, what are your goals? I have been shocked, actually, at how many people don't know how to set a goal. They don't have a clue. They don't know what they want, let alone what's a goal. So I developed this technique with my, with myself and with my clients to say, okay, if you can't figure out what you want and you don't know what your goals are, let's do the opposite. What are you tolerating right now? And let's keep it simple. That is my life mantra. Mm. Keep it simple. And so, for example, start right in the minute you get up in the morning. Are you tolerating a messy bed? Are you tolerating a closet full of clothes that don't fit you? Move on into your work. Are you tolerating a messy car? So take those simple things and reverse it. I guess I live in a reverse lifestyle. Reverse it. You want a, a, a tidy bed. What does that look like? You get up five minutes early. You commit to making the bed every day. You do that every day, develop the habit, and then move on. So let's let's put that in the perspective of an entrepreneur. So yep. they're in a business, and I talk about this a lot in my book, the firefighter fatigue, that you're constantly putting off fires, responding to things. You're not living the exact day that you want because you're trying to figure out other problems and challenges. So yep. that's tolerating a lot. How do you turn that into goal setting? Uh, well, you turn it into goal setting by developing a number one success habit of entrepreneurs who are the high achievers, and that is the first hour of your day, your business day, should focus on revenue generating activities for yourself. The reason majority of you are putting up fires is because you hop right away into email, you hop into social media, and then you get into reactive mode, which is somebody else's agenda, and you're feeding them all day long. And at the end of the day, you're exhausted and you have not fed or built your business. Mm. So the first hour must 
focus on your business and revenue generating activities. I do it every day. Feed yourself first. I love that. Very yes. similar to one of my good friends, Mike Michalowicz, and it's profit first. You know, take care of yourself with the profit and the owner. So how do you feed yourself first every day? What do you do? Well, the first part of my day is always focused on me personally because I believe if you don't take care of the person, there's no way you can take care of the business. And so I have six non-negotiables every day for me. The first one is to ensure that I have a healthy, nutritious breakfast because you got to feed the body. I hydrate constantly during the day, constantly. I make time for exercise. When we're finished here, actually, I'm heading down for my workout. I ensure that I make time for meditation and for gratitude. I end my day every day with a gratitude journal. I've done it for 22 years since Oprah introduced it. And I make sure I get eight to 10 hours sleep a night. Mm, That's it. my start. Those are my personal success strategies to ensure I bring my best game. Mm. And, and, and then I move to my revenue generating activities. And what does that look like? That can be anything from, for example, today, I was at this conference last week and I got invited to a fantastic private millionaire's barbecue on Sunday. And so my first thing today was to send my thank you notes to the people who invited me. Secondly, what I did was I reached out and connected on social media with the key leaders and speakers from the event to make sure that I shared feedback to them of what I learned from them and what I'm going to implement, because that's all that matters is implementing what people shared and speakers love that. So that was my first out. And again, and what's interesting for the listener here, it's building relationships yes. and that's what you're doing. So generating yeah. revenue to us, to a lot of people, it's you build the relationships and then the revenue will take care of yes. itself. I love that. All right, we're going to go to a next segment. This one's going to get crazy, Pat, because we're not going to keep it normal today. All right. It is, I'm hanging on. Let's do it. It is truth and dare. Just do it. Which okay. one, which one would you like first? Dare. <laughs> All right. I need you to do your best impersonation of any celebrity. Could be Canadian, could be American, impersonation of anybody. Oh, oh my gosh. Canadian impersonation. It could be anybody. Anybody. Okay, well, you really got me there. I'm talented in many areas, but doing impersonations. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> I can give you another challenge. Um, so you're talented. All right. You want to, your favorite song, you've about me the chorus of it. I'm on the edge of glory. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He leads Saga. Perfect. All right. That's awesome. Usually I do song and I love it. All right. Edge of glory. Love it. And you, is that, you sing that song a lot? All the time. Oh, love it. All right. You're the first person and only person that will sing that song on the show, Pat. I am holding you to that. All right. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for that. And you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And you just did that. So it's impressive. Uh, all right. Now the truth part, right? Right, Pat? You ready for this? Yeah. yeah. What's holding you back from success today? What's holding me back? I would say, you know, it's not too much. It holds me back, Jesse. Uh, I would say really, because I'm adding the health and wellness component to my business. I would say really, it's just a, a lack of knowledge on certain components of that right now. That's all. I'm ready to bust out of the gate but I don't know what I don't know. That makes sense. Makes sense. All right, Pat, we're going to keep it rolling. Debatable. Wrong. You ready for this? We are going to debate something because I saw one of your posts and I'm going to debate it a little bit. So we're going to have some fun here. To succeed in business and life, you have to get out there and climb every mountain. 
So you, you wrote this recently. I think you did a, did you do a video on that, I think. I did a video and I did it at the top of Cathedral Mountain in Sedona. Oh, I love it. I love it. So what I'm going to debate, you can go and explain it, but I'm going to say some mountains aren't worth climbing. Agreed. <laughs> There's no debate there. <laughs> I agree. When I was in Sedona, and let me elaborate a bit. I was in Sedona and I said to people, I have one day. And I want to challenge myself. What do you recommend? And most people said Cathedral Mountain. Some said Bell Mountain. And when I saw the differences, I said, Bell Mountain's not worth it. It's not a challenge to me. La, 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 la. I went to Cathedral where I really stretched myself and celebrated when I hit the top. Mm. Okay. So when you say so, j- the certain mountains that you choose, go, you go all in? Yes. Okay. All right. So that debatable was not debatable at all. We agree on <laughs> not that. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Um, how about a recent failure? I'd love to say fail and tell. What's a recent failure you've had in your business speaking or coaching that you learned from? Uh, I would say that um, see, I used to host major three-day events in Toronto. For five years, I did it every year for entrepreneurs. And that was one of my revenue-generating activities. And I decided a year ago I wasn't going to do that anymore. Five years was enough. I'm going to do things differently. And so what I decided was I was going to do mini versions of it. So I scheduled one. I promoted it. We were going to have it in Toronto. And nobody signed up. Now, I don't know some people consider that a failure. I look at that and say, hmm, all right, that didn't work. What else can I do or what can I do differently? It's so interesting. We've had so many people on the show, and that's one of the biggest things they say is they tried to host an event and no one showed up. Joe Calloway was our first guest, and he said he promoted like crazy over to a million people, followers, and literally they had one person sign up. And I, yeah. I, I find that really interesting. It's you got to make events. There's so many events out there. What makes yeah. events so different, so unique that people are talking about it? It's not just, I'm going to go to this event. So I believe there's event fatigue, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. When I started the three-day event, and this would be seven years ago now in Toronto, it was trendy. I was one of the front runners in Canada doing that, recommended by my American coaches. Yeah. And so it was still exciting and fresh and new and different, but I believe there's event fatigue. And so... That is why I'm zagging now and I'm adding health and wellness Mm. to a retreat formula that will focus on business, but the body first, and it'll be in a beautiful, supportive environment. Mm, Love it. All right, Pat, I want to talk about service a little bit. You know, when you're in the industry, you were talking about your thank you notes earlier. You know, service is such a huge, huge aspect of building relationships and, you know, being a great business. So this segment is now that's what I call service. What are some service experiences that have stood out for you, either on the road, working with people, things that you're like, wow? Well, there was just one yesterday, and if you do follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I tweet about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yesterday, I was at a Starbucks at the Phoenix International Airport, and I've been to a lot of airports where some of the Starbucks people just don't get the fact we're running. (laughs) Can I have my latte, please? And this team was phenomenal. They were on, customer-oriented, smiling, and efficient. And so I took their picture, and I tweeted the team, tagged Starbucks, and said, thank you. This was amazing, and I'm impressed, and I'm grateful. And it was just simple like that. They, they did Simple. They, yeah. Wow. And again, though, Jesse, it goes back to relationships, and it goes back to expressing gratitude, because I believe service professionals like that in retail uh, get dumped on a lot. A hundred percent. And they, uh, they need to be recognized more because yeah. they're very, very few times that they recognize. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to go a little, I'm going to go into a new segment for you and it is the love it or leave it, but it's the Canadian business version. 
Okay. So, uh, right on. so I had to find, I had to do some search and to find which companies started in Canada or are from Canada. And I want you to say whether you love the company or you would leave it. And then I'm going to give you some options to go from there. So the first one, uh, one of the biggest t-shirt companies in the world, Gildan, love it or leave it? I'd leave it. <laughs> All right. Why? I just don't know that much about it. And I like to know about companies okay. that I do business with, like Starbucks. You know, yeah. I'm totally in, all in, good, Beautiful. bad, and ugly. Beautiful. That makes sense. That's good enough. You got to know about it. What about Tim Hortons, the restaurant? Love it. Love, love it. it. I love Tim Hortons <laughs> breakfast muffin or biscuit. It's my favorite Sunday after Sunday treat. Beautiful. All right. Love it there. Uh, McCain, the French fry company, didn't know it came out of Canada. If you're familiar with that one at all, uh, totally familiar because it came out of the Maritime provinces, which is far eastern Canada. And I was born in Prince Edward Island. A potato girl, we're called Spud Islanders from Prince Edward Island. Love it. And so, yeah, soft spot in my heart there. <laughs> all right, so another another love it. I'm guessing. Love it. All right, so we're two for three here. The Toronto Blue Jays. Could care less. Leave it. <laughs> Leave it. All right. Now, Canadian celebrities, sort of. Justin Bieber. Leave him. Leave him. Keanu Reeves. Hey, uh, yeah, that's a between a love and leave. Uh, all right. And then Ryan Reynolds. Absolutely. Yay. Love it. All right. Love it. Beautiful. The first and only love it or leave it Canadian business version. Pat, thank you for that. That was outstanding. <laughs> now, I told you these shows, they're just different. They don't make sense. We have fun. I love it. And let me add one because my major love of all time is Celine Dion. Oh, all right. Celine Dion. Yeah. Huge love. What about what about a business that maybe we don't know about in Canada that they really do things very well? Is there one another one you'd love? Hmm, Canadian business that I love. Well, I really am um, a tea gal. Hmm. I can't think of one right off the top of my head, and that's sad. Well, it's okay. We, at least we're thinking about it. All right? we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're taking the first step. It's self-awareness. I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> All right. That was great. Good, good, good to know You know your background. Now we're going to go into the find. I got yellow. it. No, I came up with it. What was it? It's a clothing line called Simply, S-I-M-P-L-Y. Okay. They fit my whole life philosophy of keep it simple. Yeah, and I wear the clothes all the time because they pack well, wash well, wear well, last a long time. Simply. What 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 makes them great? Other than they wear well, I mean, is there it just what, you just love the name and everything else, or anything else? Or really like this is an awesome. Well, I like the name, but I love the fabric, and I love that you can look professional, and they've got the casual, and they've got clothes for petite gals like me. Nice. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Simply. All right, we'll look it up. Simply in the show notes. Awesome, Pat. All right, it's now time for the find your yellow tux lightning rounds. My recent book that came out, it's about how to be successful by standing out. And the first segment is called the mirror moment. And I believe everyone in their business, they have a moment where they can go back and it was something frustrated them about the business that they were in or what they were doing. Now, obviously you shared the big story in the beginning, but was there another mirror moment that really frustrated you that made you change paths or adjust the way you were doing business? Yeah, what frustrates me in my business and in my industry is the competitive spirit. Mm. Now, I'm a competitive gal. I love to win. And I get up every day looking for wins and to celebrate. I, there are certain mindsets and attitudes that need a, a shift in my industry. Mm. So it's it, it, how has it affected you? It's changed you to not be as competitive? or Well, I'm still as competitive, but I'm doing things differently. So, for example, two things. One, I've decided uh, in my industry uh, – Going back a few years, it was pretty hush-hush to keep your faith mm -hmm. to yourself. 
because of perceptions mm-hmm. and who would come to your events and so on. And so at my closing, my fifth year anniversary a few years ago, I invited my pastor to be the opening speaker. Awesome. And I sat with my team and I said, okay, after this hour, everyone is going to either leave the room and the event's over and or this is going to be amazing. And mm-hmm. it was amazing. So I, my business is run faith-based and I make no bones about it. Mm. Well, it's so important to stand for something. And you know, if you can show that you stand for something and you mean it, you'll have people that you have even more loyal fans. So that's, and that's where you need to take a risk too. Outstanding. Excellent. And then the next, next segment on the find your yellow tux round is small bets. I believe every business and every business owner that becomes successful, they take a series of small bets to become successful. What were some small bets you made in growing your business? Well, the one was certainly stepping out in faith mm-hmm. and yeah. making that known. Uh, the next small bet is that I made it very clear for people who were attracted to work with me that I, I tell it like it is. So you'd best be serious about what you want to do. And, you know, people were saying to me, well, you know, you need to be a little softer, a little more gentle. I'm like, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> I'm, bet- I'm betting my approach is going to work and that people will be drawn to that because they're tired of all the, the fluff, if you will. A hundred percent. hundred percent. You got to be you. That's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And next segment, Crazy Train. And I, I believe, obviously, I'm in a yellow tuxedo. We do crazy things <laughs> at the ballpark. I believe you got to create a tension to stand out a lot. You know, what are some things that you've done that people may say, you know, that was a little crazy, Pat? Well, it, that's interesting. I was talking to my team about that, and they, they think I do crazy things all the time. And this is, this is the quote I get all the time, at your age. <laughs> because I'm 66 and I do things a bit differently. But the last crazy thing that I did was I've been dealing with vertigo a bit over the last few months. Okay. And yet I'm a person of my word. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I drove to Syracuse. So it's about a five hour drive from here. I drove to Syracuse. I let my whole team know every hour on the hour where I was, if I was okay, I'm good. One hour outside of Syracuse, I texted my associate coach who lives there. We were doing, I was delivering a sales mastery program the next day. And I texted her and I said, Susan, uh, I'm pulling off the road. I can't drive any further. Uh, I'm either going to be sitting in the booth outside Burger King or I'm going to be on the floor in the bathroom. And you have to come and get me. So she came to get me. I was violently ill for about three hours in that washroom. She called me into the car, drove me to the hotel, threw me into bed and looked at me and said, what about tomorrow? I said, hey, might seem crazy. I'll be on my feet and I'll deliver. Mm. And I was and I did. And I converted half the room. That was crazy. (laughs) A lot of people would have rolled over in bed and said, sorry. Well, what, what you're showing, Pat, and it's it's energy. Energy wins, and energy equals belief. And very few people showcase their energy, and, and that's how you win in business. And you just had the energy and stamina to say, "I'm coming. I'm doing the next day." It's commitment too. It's the power of my word, Jesse. Yeah. I say I'm showing up. I show up. Love it. Love it. Outstanding. All right, the fi- final segment of the Find Your Yellow Tux Lightning Round. The Hello World moment. I'm a big PT Barnum fan. He did so many things that created <laughs> attention. What moment for you, you know, created the most attention for your brand? I would say what created attention for my brand is I do come from a giving nature. I believe in karma. I believe in the universe. You put it out, it comes back. Mm. And so early in the early years in this business, when I was starting up and cash flow was tight, I believe that when you give, you get. And I was given an opportunity to apply to be part of a mentoring project for women entrepreneurs in Zimbabwe. I had no idea how I'd get the money to go. 
We had to pay all our own expenses, etc. Uh, but I just believed. And so I went out, I made the money, I went over to Zimbabwe, and I decided at the time I would add on an event. <laughs> and I'm sure people in South Africa would come. And you know, they did. And I decided I would scholarship one of the women entrepreneurs in Zimbabwe. And then there were so many great applications to work with me, a stranger from Canada. I decided I'm going to give two scholarships so they would have an accountability buddy. Wow. That really branded me, Jesse, in my world, in my industry. And actually, the word spread around the world. Oh. And I brought these two. I actually brought the three women over to my event in Toronto for the first time they were on a plane out of their country and embraced by the Canadians. It was huge. Oh, love it. Love it. The secret to living is giving and you started by giving and everything. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. I've been drilling you with some questions, Pat. This has been, this has been a crazy. So I'm going to get, I'm going to reverse the script here. This is called flip the script. So you become the host for the business done differently show. And you can ask me any question you want to. What's the one question you get when you're showing up in a yellow tux all the time? <laughs> Shock, confusion, confusion. No, uh, when I show up, I mean, people know it now. This is this is me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I really don't get asked a lot of questions, except when I went through TSA at the airport. <laughs> I was I was speaking in Phoenix and uh, literally had to, I was speaking right when I got off the plane and they were all just like, What's this? You know, what What do you do? Are you part of a show? I'm like, yes, I am. I'm part of a show. It's showtime. <laughs> and uh, so, so, yes. So what's the one thing in your upbringing that prompted you to go that route? Oh, see, so you're going to two questions now. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think I was an only child, but as an only child, which is, you know, you get a lot of attention, but my father worked all the time and my parents were divorced. So I was always trying to vie for some attention and try to make people laugh and make people have fun. So that was something as a kid, you know, I was a baseball player. When I pitched, I tried to create attention. So uh, it's something that I've learned that I've kind of been able to have fun with. But I also believe it's not for, you know, personal reasons. Attention isn't necessarily for selfish. It just gives you more of a platform to make a difference. So what people don't realize is as crazy as we are at a ballpark with this tuxedo, it's solely just to be able to bring people in and say, you know what, we're going to give back. We're going to create these fans first moments and these special moments for everyone else. So um, if you look at the most successful people, they've all had opportunities and be able to create attention for themselves. I just do with a crazy yellow tuxedo so yeah and that's why i climb cathedral mountain so i can stand out the crowd exactly exactly all right yeah you did ask two questions there so i won't say you completely failed but uh we passed flip the script and that was fun all right i want to uh pat i want to go to tool time uh, well, you know, what, what's the most important tool that you have in your business tool box? telephone <laughs> telephone i listen i pick up the phone i call people i do what i call my friday five mm. And so I'll pull five names of people, whether they're past clients or prospects or or speakers from the conference last week, and I will phone people. Hey, hi, it's Pat. And if it's a past client, it's like, hey, it's Pat. I've been thinking about you. You've been thinking about me? And they'll go, eh, no. Is this a recording? I go, no, it's me live, and I'm just calling to check in. <laughs> you know, I love that. And I heard that from Aaron Walker, too, who's very successful, and he talks about you know significance over success and just calling to check in. Most yes. people – don't expect that. But when you called the check in, you know, what do you, what do you say? Are you just telling, I'm thinking about you. Is there anything I can do to help you? I mean, what do you say? Yeah, I do say what's happening in your world. Yeah. And for example, I phoned a, a guy in California just before Christmas. He was one of my very first clients seven, eight years ago. And I called him and I said, so what's going on in the real estate world? And he said, well, actually I'm not in real estate anymore. I'm doing this and this and this. I said, fabulous. Is there anything I can do to support you? Mm. 
I love that. And you yeah. have this system where every Friday you have five yep. different people. So you have it basically. So you when you plan that like a week in advance. Yeah, I, you know what I do is I just kind of monitor my emails, my social media, who might be getting more engaged or asking questions, that kind of thing. Or something unique that pops up like you. Like I reached out to you, right? Yes, you did. Yes. And now, like we're, having, now we're having fun on a crazy show. And so it works we out. are. <laughs> so that's what I do. Oh, that's great. All right, Pat, I want to get to know, we've got to know the, the whole story, but I want to go into some more of your favorites, just because you sounds like you have some great routines in your life that anyone can take and use. I so, have a great life. <laughs> it sounds like it. It definitely sounds like it. What is uh, you know, the favorite part of your morning routine? I would say the favorite part is sitting in front of my fireplace in the winter or on the balcony in the summer with my pot of green tea and just being still. And again, it's be still and know that I am God. And that is my stillness, stillness moment. It's sacred to me. Oh, that's great. What about your favorite way to unwind at the end of a day? Uh, to unwind at the very end of my day, mm-hmm. I watch entertainment tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, why do you, why, why do you watch it? Just, you enjoy it? It makes me laugh <laughs> and it's lighthearted. There's nothing to think about. And I find it entertaining. Oh, great. That's the word that we always use. Our missions, fans first, entertain always. Everybody there wants more entertainment. So I love yes. that. Uh, this is always a tough question for anyone that's a, you know, an influencer or a learner. But what's a book that stands out to you? Oh, that's easy. The Power of Focus by Jack Canfield. Ooh, okay. I love that. And that's on the business side. The personal side, it's Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. Well, even Tuesdays with Maury can be used as a business. Uh, it can, as well. but at the time I read it, my father was dying. My father-in-law was dying. Mm. And uh, I was really hustling in business, and it just really spoke to me. Mm. Favorite business conference? I would say... Favorite business conference. Uh, the one I love the most, and this is, um, it comes out of Chicago through the Willow Creek uh, Community Church, and it's called the Global Leadership Conference. I've been attending through my own church here, through a satellite feed. I attend every August. It's my birthday gift to me. It's uh, not negotiable. How many years have you gone now? Uh, this coming up is my 14th year. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, final favorite here. What's a magic moment? This magic moment. A favorite magic moment that you will never forget in your life. That I will never forget. I would say because I was able to negotiate two trips around the world on a private plane for free uh, because I ended up blogging and did great stories and great pictures. I would say a favorite moment was sitting on that famous bench in front of the Taj Mahal in India. You know, the famous Princess Diana moment? Yes. Well, I sat there, but I was writing my first book at the time called Who Am I Now? Because I had just come out of the marriage, moved, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a special cover photo. And I knew in that moment, that was the photo I wanted. I had the people around me clear the tourists to say, oh, she's a famous author and we need a photo. <laughs> <laughs> so that the cover of that book, that photo was one of my favorite moments because in my mind and in my heart, I knew I had arrived. I have recreated a life and I was going to be okay. Oh, that's great. Now I want to go to the final four, but I can't just skip ahead quickly. How did you negotiate your chance to fly around the world? For free? <laughs> I'm not going to let that slide, Pat. <laughs> that was a good one, right? Yeah. So the first trip, uh, 
My father-in-law, who was an angel on earth and loved me to pieces and was quite devastated when I made the decision to leave his son and the marriage, my my father-in-law, he was dying, and he said, you know, I, I have to take you out of the will because I know my sons will contest it if I leave you in there, particularly your husband. But he said, I'm going to put a little bit of money in the bank for you because I want to make sure you're okay and never roof over your head. And so he put what I thought would be like $500 or something. He put a fair amount of money in my bank account. When I left uh, the West Coast to come to the East Coast, that money was intended for a roof over my head. So I'm a risk taker. Mm. I found a flyer. I was reading a magazine, and this flyer fell out, and it said, travel the world by private jet. The first thing I did when I left my marriage was create a vision board of all the places in the world I wanted to go because my husband wouldn't travel. Mm. And when I saw that, and I looked at my age, and I thought, crap, eight out of ten places on there are where I want to go. And so I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to take that money. I'm going on that plane. And it was a month-long trip, ten countries. So – I went, and I was in the lap of luxury, first class, private jet, five-star accommodations, and I thought to myself, okay, this is great. I started a blog because my mom was worried about me going to Africa and India and so on. The blog grew to five, 7,000 followers a day hmm. because who do you know that travels around the world in a private jet? 100%. Yeah. And so the owner of the travel agency said, I need to learn how to do that for marketing. And I said, no, you don't. I'll do that for you. And he said, well, I can't pay you. I said, well, I can't pay you either. So I'm coming on the trip, and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. That's great. Excellent. Great story, Pat. I want to finish here with our final four that we do every show. What have you done to stand out in business and in life? I would say to be true to myself, just be who I am. I have no fear of speaking about my fears. I'm transparent. I'm genuine. I'm risk-taking. I'm fun. Yeah, that'd be it. I love it. And I say that I'm in the book. Ampl- yeah. Amplify you. Amplify who you are every day, yeah. of the, every day of the week. Looks like you're doing that. Now, other than that, what advice would you give to someone to stand out in business and in life? To stand up, I say be consistent. That's the biggest downfall I see with entrepreneurs. They learn something, they try it for a little while, and then poof. Then they go learn something, they try it, and poof. Pick one thing, get good at it, be consistent, and make it work. Mm. Yeah, that could be a whole other conversation, though. How do you know what that best thing is? I think a lot of people are chasing well, side hustles. Yeah, you've got to test it. Yeah, and again, it comes back to having a coach. Yeah. Everyone needs coach so you get proper guidance and you're not wasting time, reinventing the wheel, spending money. Get a coach. Brilliant. What's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, that would be from Lou Tice when he said to me, always remember, if it's to be, it's up to me. Perfect. Well said. And finally, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered by my um, my life's mission statement, which is to come from truth, love more, and build a community of love around me. Wow. When did you come up with that? When I left my marriage. Mm. And you're living it to this day. Pat, I am. <laughs> Pat, it was a pleasure having you on the Business Done Differently show. I think you won the show. Uh, you were an outstanding guest. And, you know, Pat, where can people learn more or connect with you? Well, first of all, thank you so much. It was a privilege to be your first Canadian. And <laughs> you're so much fun. Thank you for bringing out the best in me on this. They can find me through HirePat.com. H-I-R-E. Like, hire me. I love it. Well said. Excellent. Pat, thanks again. My pleasure, Jesse. Thank you. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for your attention. Make sure to check out findyouryellowtux.com. I'm giving it away for free, The Secrets of the Yellow Tux Playbook, The Six Secrets to Stand Out, directly from the book, Find Your Yellow Tux. Hope you grab a copy of Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out. I appreciate you guys. Until then, stop standing still, start standing out. Oh,